Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. One o'clock hour here on Cody and Gold. We haven't had a Club 610 in a couple weeks. Time to bring it back here. The weather's starting to get nice again uh, later on this afternoon. Grab a drink. Open up a couple quirks today. We've got Scott Reese, sports director over at KCTV5, joining us in studio. I I was telling Cody, we haven't had you in studio before, so this will be fun. Have a new face, new voice. Uh, What's going on? You know what? Still just kind of coming down off the insanity of the last <laughs> month. Uh, the, the hangover still hasn't completely gone away. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a good hangover. Yeah, it's a good problem oh yeah. to have. But man, oh man, what a what a month. We wouldn't be good guests. We, do you want something to drink, man? I mean, it's it's a club. Look, everyone doesn't drink in the it, club. We just, we like to offer... Uh, yeah. That to anybody who is interested. You know what? Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm not on the clock officially for another <laughs> 80 minutes or so. So, sure, I will partake in in Club 610 just so I feel like I'm a part yeah. of the game. That's that's and, part of it, right? That's yeah. definitely part. Now, was, I remember I talked to you at Super Bowl out in Vegas, and the feeling you had coming from the Bay Area, you, you knew a lot of the, the faces yeah. over there. So what was that like for you, too, both from a media perspective, but also you must have been pretty familiar with just some of the 49ers players and just the team and organization. Yeah, it was surreal, honestly. It was sort of like a this is your life because, you know, I, I worked at ESPN years ago, so you have that whole subset of media that comes flocking in for the Super Bowl and spending 14 years in the Bay Area, uh, I knew pretty much every media member who was there, all the TV and radio folks and, and the print guys and everything else so uh yeah it was trippy to see i mean you couldn't walk you know radio row you literally you're you know <laughs> eyes on a head on a swivel because everywhere was hey how you doing hey i haven't seen you in six years so it was uh it was a ton of fun good times out in vegas do you win any money do you go to the tables uh you know what so we were so slammed and so exhausted we did not do much at night it took I, us I until you. friday or saturday like yeah we, the first four days or five days there N- nuts we didn't we hardly did yeah. anything that like constituted that by the time we got to friday or saturday we were at the tables a little bit more how'd not that, to our benefit i was but gonna say how'd that go not, not well, well. yeah no. okay, scott so and the craps broke, did not treat us well i broke even for the trip like i i won like ten dollars so like i broke even for the trip it was just a matter of i won it all playing poker and blackjack and gave it all away back at the craps table. The craps table was bad. That, that's how it works. You that's win fun. some, you lose some. You take break even for seven, eight days. Of in course. Vegas. That's we, a long time. Yeah, which is exactly <laughs> where I was. I, I So I actually made use of the uh, the sports book and because the prop bets are fun. So I sure. you know, I spread out some little here, little there. And, and I, I made, you know, 
80 bucks yeah. on, on various prop bets, and then I gave it all back at the craps table the last night. And I was gave it to the craps. That's, right. that's, that's a normal win trip. Craps, right? God, of course you can. Win. Of course you can. But uh. you know, you that that's usually the story. Most people don't hop on the plane back from Vegas and say, "Man, I came with a <laughs> bunch more money back with me than I, I actually it. showed up." We just needed one hot shooter in craps. We didn't even get well, close to that. No, that's the, that's we didn't get a good shooter it, yeah. in craps. Well, you lost hundred dollars that first time you played in two seconds. I mean, honestly, two rolls, Scott. Two rolls. Oh, it didn't yeah. matter. I mean, that's how quick is. You know how craps go. Plus, on Friday, or when do we play? Friday or Saturday? Uh, and the minimums because of the Super Bowl on Saturday. top of just a normal right Friday in Vegas concert. were just, I mean, it's twenty instead of being 10 15, it was, 25 50. It was crazy expensive. And uh, you'll appreciate uh, Marlia Campbell, one of our reporters. Uh, I said to her during the week, I said, hey, do, do you gamble? She's like, well, I don't really know how. I said, oh, you want to learn to play craps? That's She's fun. like, absolutely. That's fun. <laughs> so, so that was the last night because we stayed Monday night. So we were still there Monday okay. night into Tuesday. So Monday night, that was the let's go, you know, throw around a little money. And, you know, taught her to play craps. And I think she was willing to risk uh, $40. Smart. Which, at Smart. The, at the craps table lasts uh, about four minutes. And that's yeah. exactly what happened. It was two rolls and out. And she's like, this game sucks. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. She'd be hooked forever if she. Just like turn that right, forty right, into four hundred in right, right. ten minutes. There is definitely some truth. Sometimes, if you you know, if your first time gambling, you don't win. It might actually be the best thing for you. Yes. Versus you know, the yes. first time you go and you win, you're like, oh wow, yeah. this is an easy thing to do. We were, Cody and I were talking about this earlier. I felt bad. How long have you been in KC now? I got here right around week one of the twenty two season. So okay, so yeah, it's so still almost, pretty recent. Almost a year and a half. Okay, year yeah, and year half. and four months, something like that. Okay. Yeah. That's what we were trying to decide. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, less than two years? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably around what that you, age? What do you, I mean, other than... Have you ever lived here before? No. Oh. So but you're a Midwest only, guy, right? I, I Well, it depends on your definition. Oh. I was born in Chicago, okay. but I lived there for a year, and I've been in I, most of my life on the West Coast and a little bit on the East Coast. Do you like the Midwest? Um, you know, I do. It, it's it's different on so many levels. Um, the first thing that jumped out at me, and it's so cliche, but the people were so stinking nice. And, and when I came for the interview, just everyone, not just from, from KCTV, but, you know, you go to Target, you know, you go to... Uh, uh, Five guys, you know, in order of, and everybody's just so like over the top friendly, and you're like, wow, people aren't like this in California. So, <laughs> so that's a big part of it. Um, you know, I like the space; it's nice having, you know, obviously you get a get a big house for half the price. That yeah, that, that wasn't were you a in like a seven hundred square foot studio <laughs> yeah. in California? Well, we did okay out there because we bought at the right time and go. then it there went kablooey. Go. So yeah. that certainly helped big picture. But uh, but yeah, no, it's been fun. We got Scott Reese, sports director of KCTV Five, out with us here uh, for Club Six Ten on a Red Friday. Let's get to what is clearly the biggest story in, in Kansas City and will be up until April 2nd, this stadium stuff. Where, where are you kind of at and, and what you made of the – let's start with the renderings of the, the renovation because I we, we sense most people were underwhelmed by yeah. that, but I, I kind of said well, that's why it's a renovation versus right. just building a brand-new stadium. Right, and, and I think it's hard. I come at it from a different perspective, not having lived all these years and decades in Kansas City. You know, I, I love new stadiums, you know, and, and seeing what they did in San Francisco with the Giants. And then with the 49ers, although that one had some issues, but still, you know, there's just you, you go to Vegas and you see Allegiant Stadium and you go to L.A. and you see SoFi and you're like, wow, this is awesome. And so I think that by definition, a renovation is going to be underwhelming. That was the exact word that I used when I first saw that uh, saw it. Uh, and I heard you guys, you know, comparing it to Tennessee and you're talking two point one billion dollars. It's a different animal. Sure. So it's it's not fair to do that. But but still, when you've you've been around and obviously being in this business, I've been to so many stadiums in, in multiple sports. Man, I love those brand new stadiums. And, and that's why I understand the pitfalls of the Royals and, and, and those who don't like the idea of downtown. But I love me some downtown stadium because I've been to these places and I just love the vibe. I love the surrounding like areas. Downtown baseball rules. It, 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 it just really does. does. And so, you know, but again, this is a guy coming from out of town. And I understand, you know, some of the folks here who are, I get it. I get the reasons why it's not ideal for some. When you cover those other ones, though. All right. Vi- just negative versus positive vibe. Is it always you're going to hear more than negative? We've never covered the, the, <laughs> the closest we've come here is covering a renovation 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I would argue the airport, though, even. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like people, a lot of people didn't want the the old airport to, to change. And the I don't know about you. I love awesome. the, I love the new the airport. airport. Yeah. It's awesome. Right. Again, coming from the outside, no, I'm with you. I got to that airport and I was like, are you kidding me? 
Like, this can't be a major metropolitan airport. Felt like a uh, municipal one. Seriously. And not a good one. A bad <laughs> municipal airport. Uh, and, and now it's it's one oh, of the best gorgeous. ones you can yeah. go to. So, uh, again, I, I get it. People are always going to complain. But, man, I, I the, the, the whole the idea of, man, now i got to walk to get to my gate. Really? That's a bad trade-off for, like, That's having bathrooms and restaurants at your disposal? Like, I would think, you know... That would be more important, but that's just me. I'll say this. I have been generally worried about the health of this city. As someone who's not healthy myself, <laughs> based on the amount of complaining there's Who been about don't want to walk. just walking a little bit. They're like, what the hell? I don't want to walk. They're like, I don't know what to tell you, man. I guess yeah. get like a scooter, learn to ride a skateboard, or just walk the 10 minutes. And now, get look, I get going. it. There, there's always going to be. Completely different based on some cities. Yeah. There's going to be some individuals, right, due to health reasons oh, and, and things like that. Of course, th- those people, I understand their concerns with. How is their experience going to be different? And change, that's why I brought up the airport. Like some people just, hey, you're comfortable. You like you like the way things are. Like you, right. we all grew up, you and I, Cody, grew up in, in Kansas City. And so the city has changed so much just even in the last decade, five yeah. to 10 years. And so some, you get comfortable with routine and, and we all like routine. But as the city continues to grow and I think just put itself on the map even more and, and sports a big part of that, there's going to be some changes, some pros, some cons to that. And I do think, to your point, Scott, a little about downtown baseball. If you've ever been to a, a, a downtown baseball game, the entire experience, even separate from the nine innings that you're watching, it, it's such a great uh, opportunity to actually have a reason to go near the stadium. Not, hey, the game's at 610 right now at the K. I'm showing up at 555, right, you know? Right. Uh, whereas downtown baseball, whether it's in Minnesota, I've been to Denver's downtown stadium. Say, hey, let's get there at five before or, the or, 7 o'clock. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, if it's or a one or sir. Yeah. Right? Say if it's a Saturday, get there at one, right. hang out brewery nearby, right. restaurant nearby, walk to the game and yeah. hang out after make it a whole day. Yeah. I think one of my favorite sports memories, and admittedly, it's not a downtown stadium, but Wrigleyville in Chicago, yeah, that's just yeah, you know, it's yeah. is Tough just, it is spending Four or five hours just existing, just hanging out, soaking it all in. And obviously, you have the iconic stadium and everything that goes with it. Personally, it's my favorite stadium. But, yeah, Wrigley's great. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but again, it just goes to the, the ancillary benefits of, of all that. And, you know, I, I could see the development here if it goes through and we get a downtown ballpark. You know, I, it would be so much fun to see that come to fruition because the infrastructure is already there. And I want downtown. I mean, I, this is, again, like we talked about, like the financing part of the billionaire stuff. We don't have to. <laughs> I mean, I, we've talked about that. Yeah. Like, Gold Knight made our positions that pretty clear. We yeah. would also like to live in a world in which. Yeah, in which money were no object. In which people who had billions of dollars paid for things and I didn't. Yep. Sounds cool. In general, I, I am definitely in favor of that. <laughs> and then there's like the balance between like, I'm also, I understand the displacement of the businesses in the crossroads and yep. why that stinks. But then also, you know. Like people are like, well, they're not going to be paying taxes down there once they, you know, they get down there, and like, how much revenue they'd be generating. I'm like, I don't know, probably more than Temptations. <laughs> I don't want, like, look, I don't want to, I want to say for sure, but I mean, probably more than well, a few of those businesses, not all, but it's the, what is it, the one percent earnings tax that all the athletes and when Taylor Swift has a concert in Jackson County I and all these things, that. like, that's, that's money that that obviously, if the, if if you didn't have Arrowhead, which therefore. Let's say Arrowhead was on the Kansas side instead, and Taylor Swift was coming and doing con- Luke Combs, whoever, right, doing concerts. That one percent earnings tax, you you would not obviously be getting anymore in Jackson County or in KC Mall. That's significant. As much as we talk about the dollar amount and what the the public money and financing is going to be, there is still that one percent that goes away from all the the visiting players, from all the the concerts that Beyonce they all pay, they all paid that. So that's kind of significant as well as we're talking to Scott Reese from Channel 5 here, hanging out on a Red Friday. It's not a Red Friday. It's, is it still Red Friday? Yeah, in the I was going to say, I'm so used to saying that. No, I, I don't think so. Probably yeah. not. I think yeah. we, we, we gave a one-week pass for the week after the Super Bowl. True. Yeah. Still celebrating. We'll sure. allow that one. But I think now, no. There's no such – the Royals don't have, like, Blue Friday. So no. There's no, no transition. Are no. they going to the, – uh, the slogan staying the same? We going uh, welcome to the city. I don't know part if I've two? seen. I don't know if I've seen the unveiling of the Royals baseball. Season. Are you a baseball guy? What's your sport? I am a huge baseball. Okay, guy. yeah. Uh, I love the NFL as much as anybody. Uh, but I'm I'm, so, I'm in the perfect sports area because I'm a huge baseball guy, huge NFL guy, and a huge college sports, especially college basketball guy. So I've come to the right place. Yeah, no kidding. Especially when the Royals are good, it's a lot of fun. I'll yeah. let you know. Well, I you mean, haven't seen it yet, but when they're good, it's a lot. Oh, of fun. I've, I've seen it because the you know <laughs> oh, I, Giants, I was, yeah. was going to say yeah. before you know the the only time you asked me if I'd spend some time in the Midwest, the only time oh, I had been to Kansas City ever before moving here, I was here for the A's wild card game in 2014, Great and game. I was here That's for the true. World Series twice in 2014. 
So I got to see Kansas City in all its winning celebratory splendor. Obviously, the end of the series didn't go well here. But that said, <laughs> I got a taste of what that team is like when they're winning and what the fan base is like. Does it hurt any less? Does Madison Bumgarner hurt for you guys any less? <laughs> Coupled with two things. One, they won the World Series in 15. That yeah. helped it feel yes. less That anyway. has to take some of the sting. But away. then also, the Chiefs have won three Super Bowls now in the last five years. Time I feel also. like I can just let one Super Bowl loss to the Bucs and one World Series loss. I can, I can, like, it's a little it's, easier pill to swallow. That's all. Time, you know, time heals all wounds, so that's part of it. But th- there's always still party that thinks the, the, the Chiefs, the Royals, were so close to being back-to-back. Think about the back-to-back World Series yeah. champions. So that's always like, because... I don't think they're ever going to be in a spot to be back to have a chance to go back to back years to a World Series again. Unfortunately, I mean, up until then, you know, if you would have told me they would even made the playoffs, I was probably going to going to be stunned and and shocked. We can talk about this year's baseball team here in about 15 minutes or so and and what we're all kind of expecting. But I I know you you came from uh, Stanford and you were calling games out there. I wanted to talk about college football because of what's going on with the college football playoff. and, And where do you stand on all this? We know it's going to 12 this year. But there's discussions in two years to go to 14. The Big Ten and the SEC want to guarantee themselves first round buys and all these extra spots. We knew we were headed in this direction where they get to decide everything, but it sucks, right? It sucks. <laughs> I, I, I can't convey the extent to which all of it sucks. The, the NIL era that we now exist in, college sports, college football, it's, it's dead. It's not what it was. It is a minor league system. Eventually, it's going to literally be a minor league system, and we will have two divisions, one with all the schools that want to play that game, and, you know, it's a billion-dollar industry, and then all the the Stanfords and the Wake Forests and the Dukes and the North Carolinas and all the schools who actually still care about academics will have another, and they'll call it a lower-level college football, which will exist, and that'll still be fun, too. Um, but it's, uh, it, it is really tough for me, especially as a Pac-12 guy, That's right. to see yeah. the death of my conference before my very eyes, um, which, again, maybe I could have predicted this 10, 15 years down the road. Nobody saw this coming a couple years ago now. Yeah, it's happening quicker. I, I think the minute we allowed realignment to happen and said, okay, it's the, the, the locations don't matter anymore and that it's just truly about the TV dollars and all that, the separation of the big 10 and the sec and one day, whatever we'll call those conferences. And, and like that, that is where we're headed. It's just, yeah. I think everybody, you never liked, doesn't mean you like seeing it, no. even though we all know no, it's that this, there's no putting the toothpaste back in the tube on this thing. No. And to be clear, look, I still, I still love yeah, college football. It's a ton of fun to watch, but it is not anywhere close to what it was and the direction it's going. I think it stinks I, and it's unfortunate. I'm getting ready to just stop. Like no. why? Like, the thing about college football is the extra stuff. If I just want to watch football, I'll watch the NFL. Right, it's right. better. Well, and that's the I, thing. I'll watch the better version of football. Why it, would I watch this if you're not giving me any of the ancillary and stuff? And if you get, where'd you guys go to college? KU. UMKC. Okay. All right. So it, well, no football. <laughs> so no football. And one might argue also just, no football. Just up, until recently. <laughs> up until recently. Up until recently. Until now. They had uh, a little college football when he was, right. wait, no, they were really bad. When I was <laughs> in high school when they you went to the Orange Bowl. when they went to the Orange yeah. Bowl. Yeah. I'm sorry. But being, you know, you root for the jersey, right? It didn't matter who the, to some and who the players were you were diehard for that team and the tailgaters and the uh, just all the ancillary fun and, and exuberance of college football Saturdays and that was what it was about it wasn't about necessarily oh I've got the best quarterback or you've got the best team or this or that obviously that matters but that it seems to me that that isn't a thing anymore well, it's like, because it's 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 all money and it's it's business and guys transfer on the drop of a die. It just it's it stinks. Like it was always hard for me because like I didn't grow up a huge college football fan. So people are like, oh good, good riddance, get out of here. But college football to me, from like even like let's say a semi outsider's perspective, and I paid attention to it, but I wasn't like the college football diehard. Is that what made college football so impressive as a fan base? Is eight and four teams still lived and died yes. by their team, right? 100%. But the second you put all the money into it and you make it just about these 14 teams and you put it all in the Big Ten and the SEC, it matters even less. They've yeah. taken even less juice out of the 8-4, and four, finishing third in your conference or the joy or the pride and, like, having a good year. Like, they've just washed that away and made it just about the prize and mostly the prize being a big bag of money. And, that like, that part of it always just kind of soured me to it. And it's the same teams every year, right? And this, has been, about, this has been a problem for a about, decade. Yeah. You know, but but you know, going back to the, the, the BCS championship and all that, and yeah, you're going to get an occasional a Cincinnati or a team that comes out of nowhere. But, you know, every single season, it's if you're not a fan of one of those teams, 
It's boring. It's what's it, the oh good. It's it's Alabama and Georgia and it's, it's okay, great. You know, yay. And that's 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 hard because the eight and four part of it, I think that that's the perfect yeah. example of how you know when you've got a team that you know every once in a while rises up and uh, yeah, eight and four, great season, but nobody cares. Yeah, like yeah. Kansas right now, they care. They're they're bouncing right. back exactly. But if they were in the subdivision, like who the hell cares? Right. Oh, you right. went eight and four in the baby division. That's right. not the Big Ten or the SEC. Good for you. Yeah, oh, exactly. It matters even yeah. less than it does now. And that's where like and. Well, I, I don't know like how many people bought into the idea, but there was at least, I guess, some hope that when we got the college football playoff and we expanded it to 12, that like, okay, now, now more schools are going to really have a chance. And the end, not really. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Like it was, it was th- this idea sounded great in theory. Like, oh, we're going to have a playoff and there's going to be 12, maybe 14 one day. And so therefore, yeah, like you don't have to win your conference to get in. You may, you could be a group of five school and still get in. Not really. But if they're going to have this setup where there's going to be essentially auto bids when they go to 14 uh, for first round buys in the Big Ten and the SEC, look, I think there's a decent chance a lot of years they probably would have got to buy anyway. But that's the point. But but why? why, You know, they didn't need to do that. So why buy the system? You could just get the buy. Right. Just earn it because you're better. It's because they're greedy and they know they have the power. You're paying more. You're getting the dudes. It's going to happen anyway. And and I agree with you. When it went, I was long a proponent of the expanded play. Yeah. You know, because it did the reasons you said. Like, first of all, you have five power conference teams. Well, shouldn't the winner of all five of those power conferences get a shot? Right? And again, as the guy who was in the Pac-12 and the one that was usually left out, it was like, hey, what about us out here in the West? We play football too. But, but you know, that. So going to 12 to me was fantastic. And I don't have 12 to 14. I honestly don't care. But I do care if you start stipulating, well, seven, you know, eight of those bids are going to be for two. Com- no, that, well, then what's the point? That's the problem. It's like, so, like... I'm playing a one-on-one basketball game to 21 against a 10-year-old. And I got like seven inches on him. You're like, hey, look, I'm supposed I'm going to win this game anyway. But if you don't mind, I'd like 10 points, too. You're right, like, exactly, what? Why? Exactly. Why the hell do you get 10 exactly. points? That doesn't make any sense. You're like, because I'm already stronger than you. And let's get this game over faster. You're like, no, that's an unfair system. Let's just play it. I mean, you're still probably going to come out ahead. So just play it straight. And they don't want to. They want the advantage. They want. I think some of this is they want their conference title games to matter. If they make their conference title games about a double buy, their conference title games from a television perspective, viewership perspective, matter more than anyone else's if they've got more on the line. But don't they already? Yeah. I mean, arguably, yeah, because they're better conferences. You know, I mean, the, it's not like the SEC championship is hurting for viewership, the Big 12 championship. And, and you know, it, it it's... But it's still just it, greed, right? I mean, that's, right. I mean, that, that's what's driven this whole thing. And then it's just act, like, you're right. Are, are, is, should they just be be happy with what they... Uh, of course, but we know that's just not... Because it is strictly a business yep. more than anything else. And so if they see an opportunity to get more leverage and eventually more dollars down the road, they're going to do that. And by guarantee, even in an off year, by having guaranteed first round buys, which is what they want, they, they, they can, you know, prevent themselves from losing money that given year or whatever may be on an impact on future television deals. We got Scott Reese of KCTV five hanging out, hanging out with us here, but uh, you call play by play at Stanford. Whatever. So do you, do you miss a little bit of the, the play by play stuff? Incredibly. Yeah. I, I bet. mean, there's I nothing bet. more fun, honestly. And I love doing sports TV and sports yeah. talk radio is a blast, but man, there's nothing more fun, especially for your alma mater to sit there, right. and, yeah, you there and and to call football and basketball, especially when they were good. You know, I mean, I was there for the, the tail end of the good years when they were going to Rose bowls and it was like Andrew Luck. Yeah. So what do you, make of Harbaugh well, and Christian McCaffrey uh you know <laughs> Harbaugh man uh I <laughs> so I I am forever in Jim Harbaugh's debt as a Stanford guy because he took our program sure. from absolute nothingness from you know where Kansas was for a decade you know one and eleven they're just like the other Ivies honestly just like right I mean they were dead and buried and an afterthought and in five years they were going to you know BCS bowl games and a Rose Bowl and a Fiesta Bowl and an Orange Bowl and so uh I am forever in that guy's debt Uh, He's a fantastic football coach, but I also know that he tends to wear out his welcome a little bit. That's what's going to happen, right? In L.A., he's going to be great, and then in five years, something will happen, and he'll be gone. And given what we know about the Chargers and their track record, uh, it would be to no one's surprise if that cycle repeated itself. Now, maybe he'll get him somewhere in the interim uh and you know it'd be nice to have more honestly more competition in the division i mean sure it's nice to have super bowl champion we just want to keep one of them scott we just get to get to 12 <laughs> in a row do you, do in a row. really just want everybody else to stink i think or, so yeah, yeah, yeah i, I guess think so just dominate just we i think what we enjoy now honestly just specific to the chargers is 
because every offseason, I mean, it's been like a right, four or right. five straight offseason. Yeah. That's the year, and this publication yeah. picks them, and yeah. uh, look out, they're the offseason yeah. champs, and now it's just become a joke. Yeah. Like, what are we, what, what, what is changing? I, I do like the hire, though, for Har- yes. I think Harbaugh a is a good hire. fit. Yes. But like you said, they might, in a year or two, win 12 plus games, but in year five, does he not get along with ownership anymore? Right. And it's like all of a sudden he's just he's gone. Exactly. Uh, that's that's the Pretty pattern. Likely. Wash, rinse, repeat. But but again, if you talk to Charger fans, if you can we'll find any, right. uh, they would say, you know, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll take that. We'll take three <laughs> years of success. Probably less once they moved. We talked about that with college football. That was a mistake the NFL made. Is oh. they moved away from some fan bases. Yes. Like the Chargers had an actual fan base, and now they don't. Not and the Raiders will hold on to it. But like <laughs> now they're in a city with no fans at all. They're like. Hey, it's not cool that everyone keeps coming in here and we can't, like, our crowds are not. I'm like, you moved away from everyone who cheers from your team. That's how this works. Like, you can't just change cities and hope. Ugh. It takes a long time to rebuild a fan base. Although, I guess I assume if, like, Seattle got an NBA team, anybody who used to root for the Sonics will just become a fan. Yeah, of I mean, that, selfishly, I doing sports talk radio, I mean, Scott, obviously, you're on TV. Like, if we had an NBA or an NHL team, that'd be yes, absolutely incredible. Fantastic. Yeah, it'd yeah, be great sign, for me, everybody. sign me up. Yeah. Oh, it'd be, could you imagine just it's Kelsey sitting courtside on a Wednesday night because LeBron's in town? <laughs> you know what I mean? That would have been amazing. Well, obviously, it's never going to happen from that exact example, but uh, yeah, it would have been, it would have been terrific. All right, coming up next, I do want to get your perspective on, on this upcoming baseball season a little bit. And how do you see things playing out for Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed? We know the tag deadline's coming up, the league year about 12 days away. That's next here on a Club 610 Friday. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Back here, it's Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Drew Nixon with you. We got Scott Reese of KCTV5 hanging out with us. First time he's been in Club 610. Look, you come back another time. You never know. We've had Dom Perry on before in the club. I'm just saying. It, it varies in uh, wildness. I, I was expecting like strobe lights and <laughs> yeah. like, you know, a, a real 90s club uh-huh. vibe in here. You got to work on that. In yeah. fairness, I think the reason why we started doing it is when him and I were coming back from Miami right after they had won the Super Bowl. We were in a studio that had like a disco light in it. There you go. That's and we true. were like turning it on and playing silly music and having fun with it. Phoenix, right. I think it was Phoenix. Or yeah. Phoenix, yeah, sorry, not Miami. In Phoenix, they had like a disco light, and we were like goofing around. We're like, you know what? We're bringing it back. But it's varied. We've had sparklers and bottle girls and the whole thing, yeah. but sometimes we like to keep it lower key. You know, we actually have in the KCTV5 sports office a disco ball. <laughs> which, like hangs? And I have, I've been there 16 months now. I have not been able to get an explanation of why it's there, <laughs> where it came from. Maybe you guys have a little Club KCTV5. I would be happy to, you know, donate <laughs> it if you guys want to so hang it from the joint. Yeah, the, the that's, next that's time, where it is. It's just hanging there. The next time we have you in, maybe you need to bring the disco ball <laughs> and, and we can have that and see what it yeah. does for is us. Is it a digital one or one that light needs to hit it? Oh, oh no, it's old school. Yeah, okay. no, not digital. <laughs> so we got to get a little light on it. It does nothing, correct. We can open the blinds up a little bit. Put one of these can lights on it. We'll figure it out. 
we can do that. That that would be great. I don't know if you've been following at all the, the Chiefsaholic stuff, though, Scott. We've had some fun with it just because, uh, frankly, his his attorney has been unbelievable. So we know Chiefsaholic, uh, viral story the last year plus, and this week he pled guilty uh, to the 11 bank robberies. He's been ordered potentially to pay half a million dollars in restitution, uh, return this autograph, Patrick Mahomes painting that he won at the 15 of Mahomes Gala. Uh, and could face up to 50 years in prison. I mean, very, very serious stuff, obviously. I mean, he is an armed armed robbery, and he pled guilty to it. But his attorney has provided some incredible gems, and we've kind of had some fun with this. I don't don't know if you heard his attorney's comments on the the courthouse steps at all. You guys probably played it on Channel 5 at some point during the week, and not in the sports department, but in the the news department. I think it covers both, but yeah. And uh, so a lot of our listeners yesterday suggested us put some music behind Matthew Merriman is the name of the attorney. So let's fade down the club music for yeah. a minute. Let's let's go. We haven't done the... Which theme do you want to do? Do you want to do Chariots of Fire because he hasn't heard that or we want to do something different? I think time? let's do one Chariots of Fire and then I mm. think I want to hear the one with the Law and Order theme. I got to be honest, okay. I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> okay. I think I got to hear that one if we're, if we're doing some. All right, let's start with the Chariots of Fire. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today... Xavier stepped into the pressure. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Now, if I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chief's Aholic, we know that he doesn't give up. You know that if he stumbled and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. And that's because he's capable of doing a great thing. And he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chiefs' kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. That's Have real you not comments. heard that clip yet? No, it's unbelievable. That's a real lawyer talking see, about his client. See, we can't do those things on TV. So, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I gotta yeah. report facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a real comment, Scott. I'm just saying, those are real comments. We just decided to, to add some music uh, to it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just his knee wouldn't hit the ground. <laughs> And this was his, I mean, that one makes it sound like a true redemption. This is what I like about it. We've played somber music in which it sounds like mm-hmm. he knows his client's going away for a very long time. He could face up to 50 years in jail um, for what he pled guilty to. Then there's the like, that one sounds like the inspirational version. Then there's just the criminal part of this thing. I think, I, I haven't heard this one yet. I'll be honest. This one has a chance to beat Chariots of Fire, which is the current leader in the clubhouse. I think so. And we'll keep taking your suggestions. 913-586-7610. There's a pretty good chance this is carrying us through March because we at least want to get one <laughs> shot. We want to get See, one shot. we got four moment. hours. You yeah, know, you know, we've got four hours. Nothing but time. <laughs> There's nothing stopping us. Can we hear it with the Law & Order theme? Yeah, you got it? Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. From the beginning of this case, folks, <laughs> the government has been blitzing <laughs> and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today... Xavier stepped into the pressure. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Now, if I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chief's I'll never know why he says his name that way in this clip. We know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. (laughs) And that's because he's capable of doing a great thing. And he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chiefs' kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. Oh, man. That one's good, though. You just picture him on courthouse steps, right, with that music playing. There's been plenty of big courthouse steps right in front of the, like, talking to the media, getting ready. Also, what's very unclear about that clip is 
He's literally standing in front of like one microphone. This courthouse step thing. How many people were actually there to hear? Well, this? I, I think there were <laughs> like five or six outlets okay. there. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I how think, many outlets I were even like, there? I can't. I mean, you would. I, 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 I saw Mike Flags. I, I think whether it's okay. Channel Five or any of the other local stations. I, yeah, I think there were multiple people there. But uh, the, the, a lot of people think the uh, Law and Order one was the best. But anyway, we, we've had some fun with with that. Obviously, just because his attorney. I don't know if you you know this. His attorney made comments in August. Uh, they kind of got him some notoriety, basically. He'll be in the Netflix doc that eventually is coming out right? with some of these comments. But in, in August, Cody, I don't know if we have the August comments uh, from, from his attorney because that's where it started, and we thought it was over at that particular time. And then he had these, these comments the other day. Yeah, I would have assumed that it was over after this, but I guess not. This is not Chief Saholic's last drive. And he believes, and we believe, that when the final whistle blows and all of the facts are known, that he is going to be redeemed in the eyes of his community, in the eyes of his fans, and in the eyes of the Chiefs' kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one, the second one was even better, though. I mean, I can't oh, get yeah. over it. It was like, yeah. how scripted was it? The Chiefs-aholic give notes. I think we're in for one more. The day of sentencing <laughs> after. I think we might get one more, and somehow he's going to utilize how the Chiefs waited 50 years to win a championship. He's going to tie that into the sentence. There's some tie, and he's already got in his mind he's working in. Someone says they want the Golden Girls music. <laughs> you know, thank you for being a friend. Honest to God, it'd be kind of funny. We need some upbeat poppy one. We haven't done that yet, so we can do that next week. Uh-huh. Yeah. Golden Girls, Drew, put that on the list of ones yeah. we want to hear eventually. Doesn't have to be today. Just okay. put that on the list of ones we want eventually. That's all, right. all. On the field, though, Scott, with some decisions <laughs> that uh, <Smooth> segue. <laughs> have to be made um, with Legereus Need and Chris Jones. Uh, club music back on. Yeah. Uh, okay. I was like, what? Back, I was like club music back on. We're ready to roll. How do you see this playing out? You know, because there's a lot of national reporting suggesting there's optimism that Chris Jones gets a deal, and it's trending more like Legarius gets traded. Where are you at? How do you see it playing out? Well, Chris Jones told us he was staying, right? right. So that's a, that's a done deal. Because yeah. I think anything you say on the you know, the steps of uh, of Union After Station after consuming is, like twenty nine right, exactly, I'm fairly sure that'll hold up uh, in a court of law. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they get the Jones thing done, um, and I hate to say it because I. I love having those two cornerbacks to me, you cannot overstate the importance and the luxury of having two all pro caliber lockdown corners. We saw it in, with Philly last year and they wound up going to the Super Bowl with that. I just, I, so I love having Legereus Sneed here, but the tea leaves would suggest that this may be the spot where they need to cut some corners and save some money. I don't think you can trade Legereus unless you know that you've got Chris Jones signed. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, like, 100%. I, I 100%, think you, yes. You can't lose though, both. Even though I have ultimate faith in what Brett no, Veach no, and the no, front no, office no. have done, I, I don't no. think you can lose and both. And there's though. no chance that happens. I, I, I can't imagine so. a scenario where that happens. Yeah, I just to me, that's why we've seen the difference in in how everybody's talked about uh, in some of the reporting with, with Snead, like, oh, you know, they're open to a trade, a little more you know, open to that. And they're optimistic on a Chris Jones deal because I think if they weren't optimistic on a Chris Jones deal, we wouldn't be hearing as much noise about them trading. They've always been more serious about Jones because that's why Snead didn't get extension talks last year. Now they wanted to prove more too, but they made it very clear. Don't you remember the reporting like August? Yeah. Like August with our guy, Nate Taylor from the athletic. He was like, well, I don't think Snead's deal is going to get done because they're trying to deal with Chris Jones. Like up until the start of the season, the person they were trying to mess with was Chris Jones. That's who they were trying to figure out how to sign. And now, once again, this offseason, who have they prioritized? They told Sneed, hey, we're probably going to tag you. Go shop around some other teams. They didn't tell Chris Jones go talk with some other teams at either point, last year or this year. And I get it. You pointed out more pressing timeline. Last year, they had to try yes. to get the franchise tag extension done. And this year, they got to do it. But still, they've still prioritized one player versus the other. They thought Sneed was the way better player. The one-year difference in their timeline wouldn't change the fact that they would be trying to sign one versus the other more. Yeah, I just, you know, the the, the question on the Chris Jones front, is, other than the, the dollar amount, is are you all right if it goes the way the Aaron Donald final year or so went? You know, Aaron Donald signed his extension mm, probably a, a year older. He was a year older at the time. And now you're looking at Aaron Donald as, what, a seven-sack guy, and he's still making 30-something million. Are you okay that next year, look, Chris Jones probably going to be another double-digit sack season, but in the final year of the deal, are you 
all right, and I think most fans seem to be, but are you all right with him suddenly being a six-sack guy making $32 million? And that's that's the, the problem, right? If Chris Jones was three years younger, this would be a very different conversation, but I think we saw what he did last year, and he's still not only a guy who, look, I don't, he's not going to have 15 sacks next year, but he doesn't have to because he demands so much attention. He makes George Karloftis so much better. He can make a Menehue so much better. I just... I understand the thinking that it starts with getting pressure on the quarterback and you have to have dudes who can do that. But again, man, shut down corners do not grow on trees. Uh, for the Chiefs, they might. Like, <laughs> well, maybe. I, I was looking up the Aaron Donald stuff just because I was interested. You're right on the sack numbers. But last season in the NFL, in defensive tackle pass rush win rate, number one. Yeah. I know, but he played in 11 second, games. No, no, I know. But just I'm just percentage yeah. of win rate. Yeah, yeah. He was also second in pressure rate. Again, yeah. only played in 11 games. He also took the second most, uh, no, sorry, fourth most amount of double teams. So it's not like, yes, you are not getting what you're paying for in Aaron Donald, but you're not getting a bad player, I guess. would be. My, you're getting a very, you're still getting one of the five best defensive tackles in the league when healthy. I think well, what Scott was saying, you mentioned a mini and others. I think that's also part of the thinking, well, or at least my healthy. thinking on bringing Chris Jones back, because even though Legereus had a great season, I'm still more confident they can backfill that, if that makes sense, if he's gone versus right now, Carl has had a phenomenal season, but there's still a little bit of a question of what happens with his pass rush if they're not focused on Correct. Chris. Okay, and then a mini who's got an ACL, right. so is he available in October, November? Right. I don't well, know. That's when he was available this year. Fair. <laughs> very yeah. very true. And it worked out just fine. But it's but like, I don't do that you know, and you would like to say, and you should be able to say, well, you drafted a first-round <laughs> well. guy in Felix, but that's a, he's a wild card hanging in next year. I mean, oh. training camp, that's going to be a huge story when we're all up in St. Joe, sweating yeah our butts off you know wondering what felix can do last yeah. year was kind of nice we didn't have to sweat oh, as much last year training bad. camp we shouldn't complain based <laughs> on last year's weather alone it really wasn't that bad here's the thing you gave the the, the statistic let me, let me give you the devil's advocate on sneed which which jumped out at me sure. seven games last year he spent at least i think it was 65 percent of the time covering the number one guy right yeah. basically it, seven games he was essentially shadow coverage on the top guy on whoever they're playing only once in those seven games did that receiver catch more than two passes. Two. I mean, he shut him down. And it was, it was Devontae Adams once. And, and that's, again, it's such a luxury, but you can't. You may not be able to sign both. Part they, of me they, also thinks that that's some of that spags. I'm not saying all of it, but some of that is definitely like scheme, the way yeah. they design their scheme. And it's always the same thing. Get pressure on the quarterback, which the Chiefs did as good as anyone in the league this year. It's easier to cover. Like, you know, like, it, it's a double-edged sword. I'm not saying one's not more important than the other. So, it, hypothetically, if you have Jalen Watson instead of Legereus Sneed next year, and obviously there are other factors, there's the draft, there's free agency, but, you know, what does that look like? How does that change your secondary? I think Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson are probably the two and the three, and then drafted or to-be-determined free agent is probably I mean, the that's additional a, That's guy. from what we've seen. And, drop off, and it's a drop-off. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I mean, that's this goes back to, you know, how confident are you with the other pieces on the defensive line? Because we know, hey, you got you get a pass rush, suddenly right. your corners look a heck of a lot yes, better yes. on top of it. The Chiefs just had this perfect uh, fit with why they were one of the best teams in football. They not only had a pass rush, they also had the lockdown corners. But, you know, how can you help out? Some of the younger corners that maybe aren't as good as Legereus Sneed. Well, is Chris Jones still getting after the quarterback? Is Karloftis elevating his game? One thing, Scott, we've talked about is Karloftis right now, he's, he's coming off a 10-and-a-half-sack season and heading into year three. And next year, is, is he going to be that same player, or is there another step? Like, right. I think most people would sign up for another 10-and-a-half-sacks in a heartbeat, no doubt. But is there another level? Like, if, it, if, if there's a chance that he can be – our afternoon host Carrington has mentioned, you know, Max Crosby or something, right? If, if, is there a, that's when it happened for Max in his third year. Right. That's why he's made the campaign. I don't think so, but if there is the jump, we're going to learn next year yeah. if that jump exists, or is he going to be just a very nice 10 year pro, or is he going to be one of the elite pass rushers? That's a high bar. Yeah, um, that's one of the 10 best pass rushers in the league. Yeah. Um, Max Crosby, I mean, maybe one of the five best, four best yeah. pass rushers. Yeah, he's I mean, phenomenal. <sighs> I, and I don't know. I mean, that's the answer. Is we we yeah. don't know because A, it's only two-year sample size, and B, obviously the point you guys made, we haven't seen it in 
mass without 95 on the field. And and nobody knows. Nobody knows what Karloftis is without Chris Jones. So who's your free eight? Maybe, maybe it depends on what they do with Chris Jones, but who's right. your like number one, number two? Like, hey, I want the, I would love the Chiefs to go oh, sign this guy in free agency. You know what? I, I have not delved into it, so okay. I don't even want to. I don't yeah, want to yeah. go on record with that because I have not. You're good. I, I have not scoured the list at this point. Um, and I'm assuming Jones is going to be back, honestly. I would be really surprised if he's not. A lot of people want Mike Evans, wide receiver. Uh, oh, oh, you're talking. Oh, I thought Shit, you meant at that position. Yeah, sorry, 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 in general. So I, I love Mike Evans. What is it? Seven, eight straight thousand yard seasons. Yeah. Um, he's on the wrong side of 30, but he's still productive. He catches the ball, uh, which is obviously nice. Um, and and you know, the, what's fascinating about Mike Evans is I don't know, you know, he's getting to a point where he doesn't get the separation that he used to. But when you oh, got, the age is when definitely you, when you worse. got Patrick Mahomes, you don't need massive separation. You just need a small window and you need to hang out of the football. And he certainly fits that bill. Yeah, that's the question I have on, on Evans. He's a, I think you're right. It's like eight or ten straight thousand yard yeah. seasons yeah, or something it's, like that. It's and it's, it yeah. is. My worry with him is if it's a two or three year deal and suddenly he's 33 years right, old, right. do you have the same burst and separation and does it get worse? I, I know Mike Evans is probably the fan favorite right now to to suddenly be in the wide. And it would, hey, for at least Having one year, I like think a it'd solid be phenomenal. Wide receiver yeah. would be nice. Right. Because then there's almost no way, like, if you sign a guy like Mike Evans or any other just like really solid number one wide receiver or around that range is Rice, your wide receiver unit's automatically better and has a chance to be great. Because if Mike Evans just for one year is the same, Rasheed Rice gets 10% better and you draft one that's good? Yeah. You and Kelsey's still close. I mean, you are a great receiving unit all well, of a sudden. And let's not forget it's that very tempting. They won a Super Bowl with their number one wide receiver being Juju Smith Schuster. And right? with their number one wide receiver being Rasheed Rice. Right. Well, and Rasheed so Rice is really good. Like I sure. I, Juju Smith Schuster is just a guy. But I mean, you know, is Rasheed Rice better than Juju in year ten, you know, like year six? Like, probably comparable receivers, probably for where they are now versus where they will be. I think Rice now is better than Juju with the, with the Chiefs. Oh, okay. Yeah, not maybe close, not better yeah. than peak Juju. He had some really yeah. good years earlier. Yeah, with Pittsburgh. second year or whatever. In the but league. but Juju, current like Juju yeah, as he was, and, Juju as he was yeah. with the Chiefs. That, that that's was the, that's why it was yeah. so mystifying this year because to me that was an upgrade. Everything else was yeah. the same, and yet the offense. Was, it didn't end up being the same because MVS was so much worse. Yeah, so much he worse. took a big downslide, and then nobody got like honestly he got worse. Sky Moore got worse. Yeah. Tony got worse. Like every single wide yeah. receiver absent that weren't just the same guys. No, they, got worse. they were worse. That's why. Yep. Kelsey even was technically less productive sure. than he had been the year before and then missed a game that he had normally missed under normal circumstances. The the running back position in free agency, we know that the conversation has been about backs not getting paid and you know, should, should you be paying backs X amount of money? And look, Isaiah Pacheco was great. I think you get one more year out of him before maybe there's there's an issue there just with you know being beat up or whatever. Clyde and McKinnon are most likely are not back. We know there's some big names in free agency. I'm I'm kind of on the opposite side of Cody. I don't know where you're at. Uh, Eckler's a fun name, but I'm not signing up two years for seven million a year. I, I want I'm a good veteran with, back. I'm good with you know uh, an, either an undrafted free agent coming in, or if you want to find you know I'll take a risk a flyer on J.K. Dobbins who can't stay healthy, but yeah. on a one year deal with injury guarantees or something like that. Yeah, I, I think somebody's going to overpay for Eckler, and it won't be the Chiefs. Hopefully not. Yeah, um, and, and I love Austin Eckler, the player that he was, but this past year he, he wasn't that same year. guy. He regressed big time this last year, uh, and you know he's. Can he beat Jarek McKinnon? Sure, but you're going to pay three times as much for that. You you can find another Jarek McKinnon for a lot less than that, and then you need to find another Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, which, again, not, not to, you know, th- this isn't a commentary on what Edwards-Hilaire's potential is or what he can be as a player, but what he did statistically for this team the last two years, dime a dozen. You can find those guys. Yeah, there are a million running backs available for him, but Jarek McKinnon's harder to replace. And I think you're going to need more out of the backup running back than you got the last two years because Pacheco's running style. It's nothing against just like running backs. Two years is a lifetime. Year three is scary. He's been hurt each of the last two years. He's needed surgery last year. He missed time late this year. I'm not like, I'm not saying you just pencil him in for an injury, but I'd rather have a bigger safety net than I did before. Yeah. You know, Isaiah Pacheco, is that guy ever going to get paid? Because no, after four sadly, years, after four not. years or five years in Kansas City, no. you know he, he's it, it's no, he won't. And you love the way he plays, and and it makes him awesome. But man, he's going to pay the price literally down the road. They're like, yeah, you know, that's what I would do if I was the GM though too. Like, I don't yeah. fault them at all. No, I mean, get no, as much get as much possible out of a guy on a rookie deal, making yeah. a, you know by NFL standards, no money, and just yeah. go move on to the next guy after. Yeah. But I, I think they got one more strong year. 
out of Pacheco. Uh, this time next year, different conversation. But I think I got one more, and we know that you you definitely have to have somebody else you can rely on a little bit in case of injury. But I don't I don't need to be paying my backup starting running back money, which is why. You know, Eckler and some people throwing out Barkley and some of these other names just don't make sense. And, oh, by the way, you have the draft at your disposal, and there's no reason that you can't hit on a fourth-round, fifth-round sure. running back who, you know, over the next two years becomes a guy who is viable. I mean, obviously, Pacheco is a diamond in the rough in the in the seventh round, but, uh, you know, running there's backs, those guys in the yeah, third, there's plenty fourth, of those sixth. guys that wind up being really good NFL players. I just, I want one veteran. One I think they'll probably bring one veteran. Yeah, well, they yeah. will. They will. And look, there's a million. There are probably 15 backs this offseason that have started sometime in the last three years. Alexander, Madison, and Pollard haven't yeah. had success when they took over, but they're both starters. Yeah, Madison just got cut. Uh, Madison then, got cut, And then yeah. Henry, and like, wait, look, the list, and Eckler, the list goes on and on. I mean, there might be 10 to 15 backs who were starters sometime in the last couple of years. So veteran running back, not hard to find. I'm not saying that, but even Clyde, right, counts in that category I just gave. I mean, if something, I don't know if it'll be a one-year deal, but if, if Pollard wants to sign a one-year yeah, deal, you yeah, know, with, well, with you know for five mil so with incentives, I, I, that's different. That's a whole different conversation. But I just, I'm not interested in signing any other back to a multi-year deal. I just don't think you need to with the way the NFL is structured and and running back. Scott Reese of KCTV5, uh, what do you got in store, I guess, for the weekend? We know there's like, uh, sporting opens up tomorrow, right? Are you, gonna, are you guys going to be out there? Oh, yeah, we will be out there tomorrow, and now we're trying to figure out what we're going to do in two weeks when you got a Big 12 tournament, yeah. you got the current opening the stadium on the Saturday, and, and then you got a couple weeks later a potential Sweet 16 on the same day potentially as um, – opening day at the K. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's on a Thursday. So that's a potential personnel nightmare. So okay. yeah, we, we, we got conflicts coming in up. MJ. <laughs> <laughs> you asked and, I'll, and I've answered. If you need me to be on TV for you, okay. <laughs> All right. I will take the sacrifice. There you go. Scott, thanks for coming in studio, man. Absolutely, guys. It was yeah. fun. Hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. We'll be back at it on Monday, and uh, we will be, I'm sure, at that point, maybe new news on the free agency stuff, we'll some rumors that could be out there the league year getting closer and closer to starting up. CDOT and The Drive coming up next right here on 610 Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.